morning, Promise Family. Oh my gosh, what an honor to be up here this morning and get to share with you all. So get to see you all. And I get to teach adults instead of kids this morning. Yay! <laughs> I hope you're just as attentive. <laughs> okay, would you do me a favor before we start this morning? Would you stand? And the reason Pastor Henry is not here and I'm here this morning is Pastor Jackie was rushed to the ER yesterday. She was having trouble breathing. So we lifted her up in prayer during the prayer meeting this morning. But um, we're just going to, for those of you who are not here and were not able to participate, let's just um, lift them up in prayer quickly. Lord, we thank you that you heard us when we prayed. And we know that even now that very same spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead is quickened. And, and perfecting that in Pastor Jackie's body so that she can breathe freely and without any hindrance. We thank you for peace in their home, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, no sitting yet. <laughs> okay, I, I want to do something um, a little bit different. I want you to just close your eyes a moment. And I want you to become aware that the presence of God is in this room. I don't want you to think about the person next to you. I don't want you to be distracted by anybody or any sounds or anything. The presence of God is in this room. Now I want you to begin to set your thoughts on him. Set your affection on him. Turn your heart to him. And let him know that this morning you find pleasure in being with him. Did you expect to hear from him this morning? Allow your heart to just be stirred by that presence. And my prayer is that you would leave here today with a fresh understanding of the heart of Jesus. An understanding of just how much he longs for and desires your company, your time, and your affection. This great God that we serve, that commanded all of creation into existence has chosen to need you, has chosen to desire fellowship with you. You may be seated. It's an honor to be in this pulpit this morning, and it is an honor to be with you all this morning. And I do indeed pray that um, you would be encouraged by the word this morning. The title of my service, of my, of my message this morning, is Satan's Distractions. Anybody think there's some distractions out there? Oh yeah, somebody else as well? <laughs> there are just a few of them? Just a few distractions, right? It's not hard to see that the world seems to be spinning out of control, right? And even if you try to keep yourself um, separated from the chaos, it's almost impossible it's almost impossible because the things that we used to take for granted are just assault us every day that people are turning the things that we used to trust in on their head. I mean, we really used to know that there's male and female. We used to know that was a fact, but that's not allowed to be spoken anymore. We're assaulted on every side, and it creates chaos. It's a lack, it creates a lack of peace. It creates a place where everything that we thought was steadfast, steadfast and sure 
is spinning out of control. There's an upheaval in that that we always used to put our trust in. So whenever I find myself spinning out of control, or I find that I feel my plate is too full, or I just don't have peace, or that I've lost my joy, or I'm just going through the motions of my life. I'm just going through the motions. What's, what's the purpose? I go to sleep, I wake up, I do the same things. I go to sleep, I wake up, I do the same things. When I feel like that's what's happening in my life, the Holy Spirit always takes me to a couple of places that I like to call camping spots, for lack of a better description. It's a place where there are still waters and green pastures. And he takes me to those places, and they're not physical places, they're passages in his word. They're places where I can go, and he'll lead me to them, and I'll be filled. I'll be refreshed. And he will speak to me and give me a restored sense of purpose, a restored sense of self-worth, a restored sense of his love and affection for me. And it's a place where I always find him. I always find him. There's a couple of those passages in the word that I call my sacred places, my camping spots. Now, disclaimer right up front here today. Some of you may have heard a version of this message at the ladies' brunch. But if you keep your ears open, you will hear something entirely different Because just like there are different seasons, if I go and I sit in the same place in my garden in the middle of winter, and if I sit there in the middle of summer, it ministers to me in totally different ways. In winter, there's no leaves on the trees, it's quiet, there's not as many birds around, and it speaks of peace and rest and a a time where there isn't a harvest. But if I go there in the middle of summer, there's a busyness about it. There's a lot going on, and it ministers to me in a different way. And just like that, the Holy Spirit will take me to these camping spots, these green pastures and still waters, and show me different things in exactly the same spot I was in last year, or six months ago. And so what I shared on Saturday at the ladies' brunch, this is a different aspect, a different place, and was a different encounter with him, but the same camping spot, the same scripture reference that I used. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to just minister to you this morning. Um, And I'm going to read from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, and this is a very familiar scripture to many of us. It's about Martha and Mary, and I'm going to read it directly just without any breaks from the Passion Translation and then from the Amplified Bible. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Gosh, the audacity. The Lord answered her, Martha, My beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? 
Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She's undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Now from the Amplified. Now, while they were on their way, it occurred that Jesus entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha received and welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And she came up to him and she said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me, to lend a hand and do her part along with me. But the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. There is need of only one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, while we're reading about Martha and Mary, this if you're a man, don't think that this does not apply to you. It, is, it applies to you equally well. So don't, don't kind of discount, let yourself be distracted and think, oh, this is just for the women today. It's not. Now, as a doer, by the way, thank you to the overhead people back there, to um, Tyler for getting these up and ready for you at the very last minute this morning because he didn't know. So let's give him a hand. Thank you, Tyler. So, now, I'm a doer. And so when I used to read these scriptures, I honestly used to get a twinge of indignation. I'd be like, okay, that's great, Lord. That's great. You want everybody to sit at your feet? You want everybody in the service? Well, who exactly is going to make the coffee? Who exactly is going to do the cooking? Who exactly is going to do the cleaning? Or if you're a husband, who is going to earn the money? Who is going to cut the grass? Who is going to take out the trash? It doesn't really matter. If you're a mom, who's going to change the diapers? Who's going to do the washing? Who's going to cook the food? And so I used to get this twinge of indignation, like, well... If I'm sitting at Jesus' feet, then that means I'm neglecting all these other things that need doing. Let's get one thing straight right from the outset here. Jesus himself said that he came to serve and not be served. Isn't that interesting? Jesus came to serve and not be served. So then, if that was important to Jesus... And we see that he even washed the disciples' feet. And then he said, I'm setting an example for you. Go and do the same thing. Then clearly serving was important to Jesus. So it couldn't have been the fact that Martha was serving that made him go, Martha, Martha, Martha. Right? It couldn't have been the fact that Martha was serving. So then, we're going to look at both of these women today. We're going to look at Mary, and we're going to look at Martha, and we're going to peel back the layers, and we're going to try and understand what it was that impressed Jesus about Mary. She's chosen the good part, Martha. And you? Well, you're just distracted and busy. So what was it then that these two ladies impressed Jesus with or had um, him shaking his head at? First of all, 
although Jesus served, although Jesus was a servant, his to-do list didn't dictate how he spent his time. His to-do list didn't tell him what to do. The Holy Spirit led him. The Holy Spirit was the one who led him in what to spend his time on. He never served the to-do list. He was a servant led by the Spirit of God. There's such a big difference. There's such a big difference. But let's start with Martha. So we're going to look at some of the words that we, we read in those two passages, and that's the reason we had both of them, that are used to describe Martha. So we see that Martha became exasperated. The Passion Translation says she was exasperated. Let me use another word for exasperated. Infuriated. Enraged. So Martha was angry that she was serving and Jesus didn't notice her. <laughs> Let's read some of the other words. Martha was overly occupied, not just occupied and too busy, not just busy. And it says that she was distracted with much serving. And Jesus says to Martha, Martha, you are upset and troubled and pulled away by these many distractions. The word anxious, troubled, and pulled aside by many things is used. So Martha's not just serving. She's exasperated. She's infuriated. She's overly occupied. She's too busy. She's upset. She's troubled. She's anxious. And she's distracted by many things. Not just the food she's preparing. Not just the guests in her home. She's distracted by many things things. And then, because she's infuriated that Jesus has not noticed her and that she's doing all this work, she takes matters into her own hands. And she approaches Jesus. Imagine that. And she rebukes him. She rebukes Jesus for not noticing how hard she's working and what she's doing. Don't you think you should tell my sister to help me? It's a bit rough. This is the Messiah. This is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's in the middle of ministering to people. And Martha comes up and says, hey, Jesus, come on. Can you help me? Can you tell Mary to get up and do her part? Notice that Jesus doesn't get upset with her. He says, Martha, my beloved Martha. What was it that Martha was looking for when she went to Jesus? She was looking for praise. She was looking for acknowledgement. She was looking to make sure that Jesus noticed her sister was lazy, but she was doing everything that could be done to make his stay in her home pleasant. And she was upset that he didn't acknowledge what she was doing. You see, God wants us to serve. 
but he doesn't want us to serve for the applause from men. He doesn't want us to serve because we want to be noticed. He doesn't want us to serve so that people will think they are such amazing servants and doers. You see, his rewards, according to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1, and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation, his rewards are so much more than we'll ever get from men. Examine your motives to make sure you're not showing off when you do your good deeds, only to be admired by others. Otherwise, you will lose your reward of your heavenly Father. That's what Martha chose the reward of men, the applause of men, and she would lose the reward from her heavenly father. See, our good works are supposed to be done in secret. Our good works are not supposed to be done specifically looking for the applause and the acknowledgement from people. Our hearts should be the reason we serve. It's what comes up out of our hearts. That should be the reason that we serve. Let me put it this way. Secret service, secret service, open rewards. Secret service is the equivalent of open rewards. When you serve in secret, God rewards you openly. But there was something else about Martha here that we need to notice. Not only was she looking to be acknowledged and applauded, she was, what does Jesus say, busy and distracted. She was so busy and so distracted that she missed the time of her visitation. She missed the opportunity to have Jesus at the table in her own home, intimate setting, one-on-one with Jesus. She missed it. She wasn't in the street fighting with the lady in the issue of blood to get to touch him. No, he was in her home. She wasn't sitting with the 5,000 waiting to be fed, just one of a crowd. No, he was in her home. She wasn't on the mountain listening to the Beatitudes and him teaching. He was in her home. And she had the opportunity, a divine moment set up by God himself where she could have an intimate time with him. And she missed it. She missed it. She was distracted. She was preoccupied. And she was busy with so many other things that she missed that divine appointment. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. And so often, we are so caught up with distractions. We get outmaneuvered by the enemy. He outmaneuvers us. And he, he knows he's not going to catch us in overt sin. He's never going to catch us doing that. So he gets us busy with good things, with busy deeds with doing Bible studies and running children's church and coming to church on Sundays and serving and running life groups and following up with people and praying for people. Are those bad things? Never. Of course not. 
But they can serve as distractions if we miss our divine appointment with him. They should come out of the abundance that we got because of the divine appointment we had with him. That's what should happen. You see, he gets us busy with the necessary things that have to happen every single day. We have to go to work. We have to take out the trash. We have to do the washing. We have to do the cooking. And those things preoccupy our time and we come, become so distracted and so stressed that we don't consider these feet. Let's look at Mary. I'm going to read a few of those words that describe Mary. It says, she sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. If you come to church on a Sunday, we are blessed to sit under some anointed teaching in this place. Amen? Amen? Let's just give Pastor Henry and Pastor Cindy a hand because we sit and we have such amazing word given to us every week. And yet, do you know how hard the enemy works to keep you distracted? So that, yes, you heard, but did you lean in? And pay attention to every revelation the Holy Spirit was dishing out that morning. It says that Mary was absorbing every revelation. We see that Mary seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. And then we see Jesus' words. He says to her, to Martha, there's only one thing that's a good portion And Mary has chosen that, and it's not going to be taken away from her. And then the Passion Translation says that Mary has discovered the one thing. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She's undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Mary chose, Martha chose. They each made a decision about what they would do that day. So let's look at these words that describe Mary. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. It's a place of humility. It's a place where she has put herself under his authority, under his teaching, and she's listening. Her ears are tuned in. She's made a a point, a, a decision to absorb Every bit of revelation he is dishing out, she's listening. She's listening. And she made a decision to choose him. It says that she's attentive. She's not distracted. She's not anxious. And she's not troubled with many things. It kind of speaks to me like if you're sitting at his feet and you're attentive, then you probably won't be distracted or anxious or busy with many things. But what was it that Mary did that was so exemplary? Jesus said she chose the better. So I want to know what the better is so that I can make those same choices and walk in the same blessing that she did. So let me illustrate this with a very personal example. I'm going to lay my heart bare before you this morning. So are we not all busy, 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 busy? 
busy, 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 busy. And it had been a particularly busy season for me, really busy. And one morning, Andrew had meetings, so Andrew was out the door. We'd had our breakfast. The dogs were fed, the cats were fed, the fish were fed, the birds were fed, the plants were watered, the washing was loaded, the dishwasher was on, and everything was ready. I had checked my emails. There was nothing urgent. And I went into my room to my favorite chair where I loved to meet with him. And as I sat down... All the things I had to pray for just downloaded. Oh, there was my husband, there was my kids, there was my grandkids, there was my friend who was believing for her husband to be saved. There was the government, come on, the country. There's wars in Russia, there's wars in Ukraine, there's wars all over. There are so many things to pray for. And as I sat down with all these thoughts in my mind, before the first word, before the first word came out of my mouth, The Holy Spirit took me to my camping spot. He took me to the place and he told me the story of Martha and Mary in an instant. In an instant, he told me. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Was it possible that I had made my prayer time the same busyness that Martha had made? Had I turned my quiet time, my quiet time, was it possible I had turned it into such a busy time? And I was looking for Jesus to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You took the time to pray this morning. You took the time to lift up all those people who are looking to you for prayer. And instantly, instantly, Because I was in Martha's shoes, the tears began to fall. Hot, hot tears. And they just ran and ran and ran. You see, when I'd walked into that place that morning, I hadn't come to be with him. I'd come to do my chores. I'd come to check off the box that said, prayed today, spent time with the Lord today. I hadn't spent time with him. I'd had no intention of spending time with him right then and there. What a farce I had turned my prayer time into. What a joke. What a joke. What a sham. My prayer time had become a time of works. Now, don't mistake me. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray. And we shouldn't lift up those things. Don't, don't get mistaken over here. But what I had done was I had come looking for approval for my prayer works. I was distracted with many things. I was distracted with the war in Russia, the war in the Ukraine, what's going on in the Congress, what's happening in my kids' lives, what's happening with Andrew's deal. I was praying for the promise. I was praying for promised kids. I was praying for volunteers. All of those things, and they're good things, but I'd been totally distracted. You see, what Mary had done that day was she had recognized the moment. She had sat down at his feet because Jesus was speaking. Jesus was speaking. Jesus was speaking. And if we put ourselves in that room that day, the people in that room may have thought, wow, 
Mary's pretty inconsiderate. Martha's doing everything. And she's just sitting there. But Mary didn't care. She had recognized the divine moment, the divine anointed appointment with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah. And she was not going to trade that moment, not for anything, not for her sister's approval or not for the approval of any other person in that room. Serving could come later. She'd help her later. Jesus was speaking And she had to tune in to what Jesus was saying. Martha's sin, her misstep, let's call it, because it certainly wasn't an overt sin. Heaven help us if God labels that a sin. We're all in desperate trouble, (laughs) right? So Martha's misstep that day wasn't in the fact that she was serving. It was the indignation of not being recognized. And the fact that she never, ever recognized the divine moment that she had. She didn't recognize Jesus was speaking. Jesus was speaking. And I had done exactly the same thing that morning. I'd come into that prayer room. And I wanted Jesus to tell me what a good job I was doing. I wanted to get up feeling accomplished because I had prayed for everything that was on my list. But what I had really done was put Jesus at the bottom of my list. What I had really done was say, these chores are far more important than you, Jesus. And I'd taken him and put him all the way at the bottom of my list. And Jesus was sitting in the chair waiting for me. And all he wanted was a few minutes of my affection. All he wanted was a few minutes of uninterrupted, intimate, one-on-one time with me. In response to me giving him those few minutes just sitting, what would happen? He'd fill me with his strength. He'd fill me with his wisdom. He'd fill me with his compassion and his heart for serving so that I could run that race he's called me to run out of his strength, not my own. The next time we see Martha and Mary, and we know from the word that they were friends of Jesus. Jesus visited with them often. The next time we see Martha and Mary, is when their brother Lazarus is dead and Jesus goes to raise him from the, bed, from the dead. I'm sure most of you know the story. So Jesus is a couple of villages over and he gets the news that Lazarus is really, really sick. And by the time he gets to Bethany where Martha and Mary and Lazarus live, Lazarus is dead, as we know the story. And Martha comes running out on the road when she hears he's coming to meet him. And Jesus and Martha have this discussion about eternal life and what it takes to have eternal life. And will she ever see her brother again? And will he ever live again? And Jesus assures her that anyone who believes in him, in Jesus, will have eternal life. And then he asks Martha to do something for him. And this is the only reason I'm highlighting this. You can read about 
about this story in John chapter 11. The only reason I'm highlighting this is for one sentence. Jesus asks Martha to do something for him. And we see Martha go into the house where Mary is seated, and the Bible tells us she's crying over her brother who is dead. And Martha whispers into Mary's ear, and she says, the teacher is close at hand, and he is asking for you. Jesus, the Son of God, so longed for Mary that he sent Martha to go and call her. He longed for Mary's company. Why do you suppose that was? You see, Mary was well accustomed to Jesus' heart. She had tuned into his whispers. She knew him because she had taken time to sit at his feet. She knew Jesus. And Jesus, because Mary longed to be with him, longed to be with her. Just a little while later, we're back in Martha's home. And this time, they are celebrating Lazarus' resurrection. And they're throwing a party, a celebration dinner. Let's read it. You'll find this in John chapter 12 and verse 1. Sorry, I forgot to give you this one, Tyler. So just listen. This is six days before Jesus is going to be crucified. So six days before the Passover feast, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had died and whom he had raised from the dead. And so they made him a supper. No-brainer, right? They're going to celebrate. Wouldn't you want to celebrate? I mean, we celebrate when our kids graduate. We celebrate when they come home from being overseas. We celebrate birthdays. This is something worthy of celebration. Lazarus has been raised from the dead. Listen to the next words. And Martha served. We'll come back to that. But Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. And Mary took a pound of ointment of pure liquid nard, a rare perfume that was very expensive, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. And the whole house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. What is Martha doing? Serving. She never took what Jesus said to heart. She never connected with what Jesus said to her. She, Jesus told her, the better part is not serving, it's sitting at my feet. This is her home. She could have been sitting at the table. I imagine that Lazarus is on one side. She could have taken the seat of honor on the other side of Jesus. What was Jesus doing? He was sharing. I love to put myself, I guess it's maybe telling so many stories in the children's church, but I love to paint pictures. So let's imagine this meal in this house on this particular evening. There is a lot to celebrate. 
There's a lot of joy in this house. And can you imagine as they're sitting at the table, there's no electricity, so there's lots of candles down the table. I can almost smell the lamb roasting. I can see all the food down the center of the table. I can hear the laughter. I can hear the laughter and the voices and them talking. And I can imagine Jesus sharing um, Well, yeah, the father had already told me I was going to raise you, Lazarus. You didn't have to worry about it. I was going to be there. And I imagine Lazarus saying, yeah, but it was so funny coming out of the tomb like this, and I was waiting for somebody to unwrap me. Can you imagine the chatting and the talking that was going on there that evening? I mean, and what is Martha doing? She's serving. She's not at that table. And six days later, Jesus is going to be crucified. And once again, she misses this divine moment to sit at the table and have intimate conversation with Jesus. She misses it again. Can you imagine how she replays this scene in her head after he's crucified? If only I had known. If only I'd known this would be the very last time. If only. But Jesus had already told her that sitting at my feet is the best option. What is Mary doing? Let's go back into that room. So Mary's sitting there and she's listening to all the joyful talking and she's smelling all the aromas of the cooking food and she's looking at the candlelight flickering on the walls and it's just such a happy scene. And she gets up and she goes to her room. When she gets to her room, she opens up a chest in which all her most treasured possessions are. And she takes out this bottle of perfume, this pure liquid nard, which the Bible tells us was the equivalent of a whole year's wages. It's the most precious thing she owns. And she carefully walks with it to the table where Jesus is. She doesn't shuffle to get a place next to him. No, she goes down on the floor once again. And she opens this bottle and pours all of it on his feet, every last drop. And then she takes this long hair that she's got up, and she takes out the pins, lets the hair down, and she begins to wipe his feet with it. And the entire house is filled with that fragrance. You see, I kind of imagine that Mary knew Jesus so well that she sensed there was something a little different that night. She sensed perhaps there was a touch of sadness because he knew where he would be six days later. And she decided that she was going to worship. She was going to pour out the best she had. You see what, what, that, what that perfume really symbolizes and represents and embodies for us is her love and worship. That's what it really is. And so publicly, with all of this going on, Mary chooses to produce an intimate moment which is just her and Jesus. And she pours that perfume out. And it says that the entire house was filled with that fragrance. Mary's worship filled the house with a fragrance. When we take the time to know Jesus, when we sit at his feet and we worship, 
our entire home gets filled with that fragrance. Every part, because it comes from a place of overflow. It comes from a place of where I know you, Jesus. I know your voice. I know your whisper. And that's what happened. Mary knew Jesus so well, and she loved him so completely that she was able to publicly worship and pour out everything she had. She created that moment. And in this crazy world, this crazy, crazy world that we live in, where literally we are squeezed dry every single day, if you work in a place where you're, that's filled with unbelievers, you know that you're squeezed, right? Your time is squeezed, your energy is squeezed, your peace is squeezed, your patience is squeezed. And even the people that you love end up with the dregs of what you have to give instead of the fullness. And no matter how much we say we have to rest, we're not recharged, we're not restored, we're not replenished, we're just still squeezed and stretched. Do you think that we could get to the place where we put Jesus first? Where Jesus is always first. Where he's first every morning. Where he's first in every decision. Where he's first in all our worship. Where he's first in all our praise. Where everything we do centers around being on, at his feet. Listening, tuning in for what he has to say. Because if we can do that, if we can get to a place where it is Jesus first, we will be so filled, we will have more than enough for every demand, and we will serve from that place of fullness and overflow, not for attention, because we already have that intimate relationship with him. Amen? Amen. Would you allow me to pray for you this morning? Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us how how Jesus longs to spend time with us, how he longs to give us the better part that fills us and that will never be taken away. Help us, Lord, to recognize those divine, intimate appointments with you. Moments when you are talking, when you are waiting for us, so that you can fill us with yourself. Help us, Lord, to never again be so distracted with what the enemy likes to draw us aside with, that we neglect time at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need ministry this morning, we'll have the pastors and the ministry team up here if you would like to pray. Other than that, you are dismissed. Pastor Henry or Cindy will be back in the pulpit next week. Say, yay, we're so happy. (laughs) And if the Holy Spirit lays it on your heart, just lift up Pastor Henry and Pastor Jackie in prayer during the week. Amen. All right, and don't forget to sign up for the um, Memorial Day get-together.
Okay, if you need prayer, please come on down as well as those in the prayer team. Thank you so much.